Hello, this is Mike, and welcome to another episode of Urban Legends and Conspiracies. On this episode, we are discussing the legends, the folklore, and the myths surrounding the hollow earth theory. So sit back, have a beer. Today I'm drinking some homebrew, actually. It's really good. And let's get into it. Now, the hollow earth is a concept which proposes that our planet, planet Earth, is entirely hollow, or at least contains substantial interior space. Now, this hypothesis was first made famous in the late 17th century, but the idea of underworlds or subterranean realms really permeates the mythology, folklore, and legends going back all the way into prehistory and all over the world. Which kind of leads us to ask ourselves, is there any valid claims to this idea of a hollow earth? And if there is any validity to these claims, this hypothesis, these ideas, what's preventing us from going into our earth and finding these other realms and exploring these subterranean caverns or subterranean oceans or mythical lands or whatever you want to call it. I mean, that sounds like the trip of a lifetime to me. However, with everything, let's start at the beginning. And this time when I say the beginning, I really mean it. We are going way, way back. Way back to the earliest humans in the earliest proto-civilizations we can find. Deep, deep into the archaeological record for this. Because the idea of an underworld or netherworld is as old as mankind itself. It is found in almost every civilization on this planet. And there are two commonalities that at least I find in my own personal research on the subject that I see over and over again when looking into this idea. These underworlds, these netherworlds, are generally supernatural worlds of the dead. They crop up in various religions and myths. The second commonality I keep running into is caves, which is very interesting and important because the earliest human shelters were generally caves. Not always. We do have evidence of humans creating their own shelters in various parts of the world as far back as the pre-dawn of civilization. However, a cave is a ready-made home and we have substantial evidence that caves were being used for ritualistic purposes. More importantly, ritualistic purposes involving the disposal of the dead. We see many instances around the world of people depositing their relatives, their friends, their tribal leaders, whatever, deep into caves. Now, this may have served a practical reason, probably because they didn't want to attract wolves or bears or whatever predators might come to feast on the dead body. However, we can see that over time this would have developed into a ritual and this leads us into these myths of basically the soul of the deceased making its journey into the underworld. Now whether or not these ancient peoples would have had a concept of a soul at this time is unknown. However, we can see in later mythologies that would have naturally grown out of these older traditions 
that this idea does start to take place and where we see it in western i guess you can call it mythologies or culture comes in a lot of the stories we get from the greek and their whole concept of the underworld and how one usually reaches the underworld through various caverns and to me that's not a really big leap to think that let's say twenty thousand years ago grog is dumping his uncle or whatever into the back of a cave and then Grog's son kind of follows the same tradition and over the next several thousand years after following the same idea maybe the concept of a soul comes up maybe the concept of an afterlife and a religion comes up and maybe the concept of the underworld comes up via this human dumping other human into the back of a cave ritual which eventually you know becomes that Greek idea of the underworld because as we know legends myths rituals do evolve over time and there always seems to be some kind of start point some flashpoint maybe it started out as a mundane task but then it became a ritual then it became a full-blown religion or it got cultural significance attached to it I mean throughout human history the rituals around death are probably our most important cultural rituals and when you really think about it are really our least evolved ritual i mean even today most of the time when somebody dies we put them in the earth which is kind of fascinating when you think of it in the context of early humans doing that as well now the most famous of these underworlds is actually the Greek underworld. I'll touch on it a little bit. I won't go into extreme detail on it because the Greek underworld and the mythology surrounding it is fast. And if I were to do that, then I'd be here for days. So essentially, the Greek underworld is a realm where an individual goes after death. In early Greek mythology, it was at the moment of death, is when an individual's essence or their psyche is separated from the corpse and transported to the underworld. The common theme behind it being darkness or lack of sunlight and a lot of times the common theme would be that it was reached through caves, which could relate somewhat to that earlier dumping ritual that goes all the way back to the earliest human. And with the exception of a few heroes, it was a place specifically for the dead where the humans weren't meant to ever go or see. It is an invisible realm which was solely for the dead and it does kind of relate to that idea of a hollow earth a subterranean realm within the earth itself a land under the ground populated that we just cannot get to now on the flip side of this there are actually groups who claim that their ancestors came out of the earth one example is the mandan people in north america a lot of indigenous people in Brazil claim that their forefathers emerged in ancient times from an underground land and that some of them are still there to this day. The ancestors of the Inca supposedly came from caves which are located near Cusco. So it's kind of interesting that in some cultures where you may have had a death-related cave dumping ritual of bodies in other cultures where they probably didn't have that, where their ancestors probably just resided in caves. You see an emergence of an idea where 
their ancestors are actually coming out of the caves into the daylight almost. So I think it's fair to say that the idea of an underworld has been in the human psyche since the very beginning, and it's still there in some context to this very day. Now the last kind of supernatural underworld of the dead I really want to touch on comes from the Divine Comedy, more popularly known as Dante's Inferno. It describes Dante's journey through hell, who, which was guided by an ancient Roman poet named Virgil. So in the poem, hell is depicted as nine concentric circles of torment, and they are located within the earth. It is said to be the realm of those who rejected spiritual values by yielding to bestial appetites or violence, or by perverting their human intellect to fraud and malice against their fellow men. And as they travel deeper and deeper into the earth, deeper through these nine concentric circles they actually end up at the center the frozen core that inner part of hell which was reserved for the traitors and the devil satan himself and in the christian idea that kind of makes sense that their idea of hell would be under the earth and blackness and darkness in these dark scary caverns because their god is a sky god like most gods they're generally sky gods so their heaven is in the sky so their hell would naturally be under the earth it's kind of that light darkness thing and that idea of an underground realm consisting of concentric circles getting smaller and smaller and deeper and deeper into the core is kind of reflected in the early scientific ideas of how earth might be structured it's actually edmund halley or halley in 1692 who conjectured that earth might consist of a hollow shell about 800 kilometers or 500 miles because america thick two inner concentric shells and an innermost core there are atmospheres which separate these shells and each shell has its own magnetic pole they all rotate at different speeds and he used this idea to explain anomalous compass readings that he was getting in his own scientific research he envisioned that each shell would have its own atmosphere it were possibly inhabited and speculated that the escaping gas probably from caves or in a lot of later scientific ideas that escaping gas at openings in the north and south poles were actually the cause of the aurora borealis now haley wasn't completely wrong in this idea in fact that idea did kind of lay the groundwork the foundation for what would become the layers of the earth you have the inner core the outer core the mantle and the crust and those all do have some kind of an effect on anomalous compass readings around the world so in a sense he was maybe just touching on being right about that now the idea of a hollow earth from a scientific perspective didn't really last long and in fact by the early 19th century it had largely been scientifically debunked however that didn't stop others from speculating on it. So in 1818, a man by the name of John Cleve Sims Jr. suggested that the earth consisted of a hollow shell about 13 kilometers thick with openings about 2300 kilometers across at both the poles with which had four inner shells open at the poles. Now Sims was probably a really good orator because he becomes the most famous of these hollow earth proponents. Actually, in my home state in the city of hamilton ohio there's even a monument to him and his ideas 
Now, while he was advocating these ideas, the whole time he was advocating it, it was being ridiculed by the general scientific consensus at the time. And while he himself never published any real scientific works on this hypothesis, he does pick up a couple of disciples who, in later years, go on to write journal articles and publish papers on his work. So we can see that even by the early 19th century, this was already falling into the realm of pseudoscience, and it would remain in the realm of pseudoscience up to this day. And by the mid to late 19th century, it really starts showing up in fictional works, most famously in Jules Verne's Journey to the Center of the Earth, where he describes a hollow Earth containing two rotating binary stars named Pluto and Persephone. And it's in these later written works and films and even comic books where this idea kind of gets out to the masses and becomes kind of locked into our imaginations. From here, we really see the onset of underground civilizations, underground cultures. There's a lot of stuff written about maybe this was where Atlantis was or maybe this is the entrance to the lost city of Atlantis. You start seeing underground cities, etc, etc. And I think there is something to be said about why this hypothesis, this myth, this idea exists in our 21st century mindset. It goes back to that inherent desire in humans to explore and we really don't know 100% for sure what lies beneath our feet. I mean, while we know what our Earth is made of, we haven't actually been there to see it all, and it's that innate human desire to actually kind of go there and see it for yourself. I mean, you can look at it in a book or hear about it in a lecture, but until we actually go there and see it for ourselves, there's always that lingering question of what if. So that bodes the question, why can't we just drill down into our earth and get to the center. And the truth to that is we don't really actually have the technology to do that. The deepest hole ever drilled to date is the Kola Super Deep Borehole, and that only went about 12 kilometers or seven and a half miles. And once you get to a certain depth, the nature of the rock changes and it just becomes more difficult to drill through. It becomes almost impossible. And to put it in perspective, seven and a half miles is really just a drop in the bucket because the actual distance from the crust to the center of the earth is roughly 4,000 miles. And generally, if you were to get beyond the crust, you wouldn't find any life down there. I don't think anything near the mantle is capable of sustaining life. However, you really don't need to go all the way to the center of the earth or beyond the crust of the earth in order to maybe find some lost civilization or something down there like that. Which brings us back to caves. Caves are vast interior spaces within our crust and they usually contain underground rivers and lakes and it could be possible that it could contain an underground ocean. I mean, we literally have oceans of oil under the surface of the earth, so having oceans of water under the surface of the earth might not be impossible. I mean, it's still in the earth's crust. It could just be closer than let's say 800 miles or so. And caves really are fascinating places. They contain their own ecosystems. There can be species living in caves that 
or around one bend that don't exist anywhere else on the planet. It's a gold mine for a lot of entomologists out there when they're searching for just that one particular beetle or whatever. It might live in that one particular spot of that cave and nowhere else on earth. Now whether or not we go underground into our crust and find some humanoid type civilization, I think that's really in the realm of fiction. I don't see any scientific way how that could be possible. For one, humans really need light. And the underground is mostly completely devoid of light, so any, like, creature that would be living down there would probably mostly be blind because in order for our eyes to work, we need light reflecting off of them. So if you're just in pitch blackness all the time, I would think that you would evolve some kind of blindness or maybe some different form of seeing, kind of like how bats use their sonar. And there's a whole series of rabbit holes I can get to on that, why I don't believe that a humanoid type creature or an intelligent type creature can really thrive underground, especially in like a cave-like situation. However, I think it really cycles back to that original idea, that supernatural idea of an underworld that comes from that original idea of caves and caverns being the gateways to that underworld, which brings us all the way back to that human dumping other human in the back of a cave ritual. Now while the idea of a hollow earth is fascinating, general science can really easily dispute it. And while I think there is a vast world to explore of underground rivers, underground oceans, caves, and whatever little critters may be living down there, hell, there are entire ecosystems that live down there, I think the idea of intelligent civilizations or city-building civilizations are pretty much shelved to the realm of fiction and folklore. And I think that's the perfect place for it to be in the realms of fiction and folklore because in those realms we can envision whatever civilizations we want down there. There's no limit to those ideas. Now as always, I know that there are a ton of rabbit holes that I didn't touch on in this subject. And as always, if I were to go into those, I would be here forever. But I just wanted to kind of give a general overview of the hypothesis itself and what I think of that hypothesis. And if anybody has any further information to add or any dissenting hypothesis, I would love for them to reach out to me and let me know. Let me know what I missed. Let me know what I could have touched on more. I would also like to note that parts of this episode may sound a little different. I am recording from a new studio. It's much larger than my previous one, so the sound is bouncing a little differently in this room. I tried to edit it the best I can, but I am a one-man show, and I am fairly new to editing, so if it sounded bad or different, definitely give me some feedback, and I'll tweak some things the best I can. And on that note, I would like to thank you for listening. Once again, I'm Mike. This is Urban Legends and Conspiracies. And if you like what I'm doing, definitely give me some feedback. Let me know how I'm doing. And if you could, just tell a friend. Tell a friend that you heard this interesting podcast by this guy who's talking about Urban Legends and Conspiracies. I would really appreciate any support I can get from that. Once again, thank you. This is Mike. I'll see you in the next episode.